And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And to uh, you, Matt, to all of our listeners, we made it. Happy Friday to you all here on the show. Matt, uh, thanks so much for a great week. We did it, and I'm looking forward to the home stretch. Happy Friday, Zach. Here we go. I love it. I have a full show uh, today. The back half will be a live line conversation wrapping up some of the uh, people, ideas, and issues uh, that we didn't get to in a very busy week on the show. It's been a very busy week on the phone lines talking with you about the issues that you care about. But here at the top of the hour, we're going to jump right in uh, a conversation I've been looking very much forward to for a long time, uh, and that is a sit down with the chancellor of Pima Community College. Lee Lambert to cover a lot of ground. Uh, I think Pima Community College is a bright spot when it comes to economic development and workforce training here in our community. So without further ado, live in studio with us, Chancellor, good to be with you. Uh, Good morning, Zach, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for closing your week out. Uh, with us. I think Monday is hard to ramp up, and then by Friday, it's uh, kind of the calm after the storm. So thank you for, for, for being with us. Uh, I, I want to ask you in this, in this segment, um, uh, give us a kind of an overview of what workforce areas, what industries that Pima Community College is most focused on preparing students for. And part of that, I'd love to see your vision of what are we good at in Tucson, but we need to develop our workforce to accelerate our growth. What are you doing right now? So, Zach, let me put this in a larger context for a moment. So what we're really seeing happening across the United States and really across the globe is this shift from an industrial era economy to a digital era knowledge-based economy. And so we're at that transition point right now. So then when you look at it from that context and you start to say, what are those industries that are really driving that transition. And so we did a a feasibility study uh, a few years back to look at where we should be aligning our resources that are consistent with this transition. And as a result of that, uh, aerospace and defense, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously a big one, and you know, that goes without saying with Raytheon here yeah. in, in southern Arizona. And then you get into the healthcare, biosciences area mm-hmm. is another big one. Uh, and then IT, cybersecurity, another hot one. And then, and then there's a few more. But, but you get the sense that we went at it from a data-informed, evidence-based approach, looking at the trends that seem to match with what the opportunities are in this community. And are those, there's a part two of this that you made me think of that I want to get to before we go to break, but uh, I think many of us have heard listening centers of excellence. Uh, Are those centers that you've created around those areas, or how does what you just said define the work and results of PCC? So, So our board had set a vision that we would be a premier community college. That means not just for Southern Arizona, not just for Arizona, but to be one of the best in the United States. So then you bring that concept of the center of excellence to bear, right? So we want to raise the bar to be the best. And so you see other centers of excellence across the country, and I came from a state that had centers of excellence as well. So as I thought through that, it's like, makes sense that Pima start to think in that same way to elevate itself and strive to be the best in class. 
So they're for centers of excellence. And, but also, it's more than just branding yourself a center of excellence. It's what are you going to be committed to? We're going to make sure we invest in the professional development of our faculty so they're best in class and can teach to the latest technology that's out there in the market, that we're going to work hand-in-glove with employers, that we are now going to be in a position to be more of a thought leadership role in the community, and we're going to have the best equipment that's modern and up-to-date, and we're going to have a place where all of this can take place that mirrors what, looks, what industry looks like, modern-day facilities. A lot of people have the wrong idea about advanced manufacturing and things like that. Well, we want to show you the modern-day incarnation of all of that so that you will send your daughters and your sons to Pima to get that 21st century digital era knowledge-based training that they will need to be successful for their future and for their families. What are some of the, the highlights of maybe the last four to six months of work? I've seen, I've seen um, some major... Uh, news on kind of your aviation training program, uh, cybersecurity, which may be a future conversation, but what are some of those areas that you're trying to, to be a part of in the community? So we, we've really centered ourselves around this notion of skills. Move away from thinking about things from a degree or, or a certification perspective. Think about the skills that individuals are going to need to be successful from a work and career perspective, but successful in life. And so when you start to center your thinking around that, then you start to think differently about how you design your curriculum. And all of a sudden, one of the things that we've done uh, is launched a set of micro-pathways because we have now focused on the skills. So I don't need Zach to come in to Pima Community College and try to bite off the whole apple at one time, meaning come for two, three, four years. Let me get you, let me get you started. Jeez. Get you a skill. And then... You, you obtain that multimeter skill. You now know how to use a multimeter, why that's important. Now you can go work for Jim Click. He'll hire you. And then, and then we'll work with Jim Click Automotive to now skill you, ladder you up to become a full-blown technician so you can earn and learn at the same time. So that's what we're really trying to focus on because it's, it's a different marketplace now than it was you know, 20, even 10, 20, 30 years ago. We were talking a little bit before the show about um, how we are seeing locally uh, by the 8th to 10th grade, the proficiency in math and English is lower than it's ever been in some ways because of COVID, but it was low before COVID. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the Bureau of Labor, Department of Labor, is saying we need people skilled up to a larger uh, way than they might be. They say by, I think, early 2030s, 50% of all new jobs in this new economy you mentioned are going to require a college degree. Uh, what do you think of both those dynamics? That by the time our workforce is getting to you, they're not proficient in the basics, but they need these micro-pathways. Um, and then what do you think about your role in a world where people are saying we need trained, skilled people for, for local work at a higher level than what we're producing? I, I think... Our aspirations don't match our realities. Uh, so just based on what you just shared, right, if we look at what's coming through the K-12 system, and we've got to do better by K-12, by the way, those students are not college-ready or career-ready. But yet we're saying that everyone needs to have a, or at least 50% need to have a bachelor's degree. That's not going to work. The math doesn't pencil out. 
Now I think we have to do a big rethink, and I think that rethink needs to center on what skills do individuals need to be successful that we can build over a lifetime, so this notion of lifelong learning, and then at some juncture that may equal a degree. But I don't focus on that. I focus on what are the key skill building blocks and what kinds of things we can put in place to for you to acquire them. That's why the micro pathways are right. are important, right? I get you engaged and build you up from there, build your confidence up, et cetera. But also we have other programs like IBEST where we integrate basic uh, education and skills training in the context of a training program. So there's different ways that have been proven to work across the country. We need to put more emphasis around those things, and then over time we can get you to this later piece. But we need to be realistic. We need to rethink uh, how we've been approaching things. For sure. Yeah, it reminds me of the story of a, of a company that was looking at Greater Tucson uh, not too long ago. Uh, and they said, you know, we can import the engineering talent. Um, our issue is that we're not sure if Tucson can produce the local technical talent that we would need. And I think that was an aha moment of why we need these micro pathways, of why we need the Pima Community College to do really well. Uh, because companies do look at, can I find the workforce attuned to my company's needs quickly? And the answer often is no, except for, I think, the work that PCC is doing, right. quite honestly. Right. I mean, any time a community has a community college and a Research One institution in its backyard, it, that's a fortunate community. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how does that community leverage those right. assets to its advantage? <laughs> For sure. And, and, and understand that we each play a critical role in the larger ecosystem. In our case, we are that middle skill, that entry level. And, and we need to make sure that that's strong and healthy and aligned to the appropriate opportunities in the community. And that's what we've been doing at Pima. Our board has supported that focus on that space and let us be best in class in that space. Yeah, and again, as we go to our first break, I think of your work in cybersecurity, aviation, um, uh, auto uh, mechanics. Um, uh, there was another one that I was thinking of that uh, that you've been doing, but I really love watching what you're doing and, and getting to hear it from you here. Uh, there was a piece in the local paper that I wanted to ask you about while I had you um, about how in this labor market we're seeing an 18% reduction in enrollment at Pima Community College. I wanted to get your thoughts on what that means and why we're seeing that and, and what is the future for our community and for you look like going forward. So on, on that note, we'll go to break and come back so I don't have to interrupt you, uh, Chancellor Lambert. Matt, let's go visit some of our great sponsors. we got one more segment with Chancellor Lee Lambert of Pima Community College on the other side. Don't go anywhere, Tucson. We're just getting started. Tucson Station for local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. 
Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Zach Yenzer here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenzer for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice.
back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. We're live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. We're here with Chancellor Lee Lambert of Pima Community College. We talked about a wide variety of topics in the first segment, including uh, his Centers of Excellence, a concept that Chancellor Lambert has seen in other places around the country, has brought here to Greater Tucson an ongoing $35 million uh, initiative to train students in these micro-pathways for in-demand careers. Uh, we talked about auto repair, cybersecurity, hospitality, many um, other things. We have a, a little bit of a different topic to get your thoughts on while we have you, Chancellor, but we had uh, a listener message in a question, and that is, uh, is there anything that you provide students uh, uh, around the mining industry, another big industry here in Tucson? Uh, short answer is yes. We, we work with Caterpillar and other companies here, and, and so when you think about our center of excellence concept, this, uh, we call our Center of Excellence for Applied Technology. That's the auto, the, the whole transportation area, but it's also advanced manufacturing is part of that, building construction, technology is part of that. So embedded in, in those programs are the kinds of things that the mining companies <coughs> employ, you know, people who understand megatronics, the integration of computer science, electrical, mechanical uh, components, and things like that. So that's all part of that. In fact, we have a, a great partnership with Caterpillar uh, that we're really excited about in terms of reskilling uh, engineers. Hmm. And so we do a lot uh, to support that part of our community. Very cool. Uh, there was a, a piece in the local news uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, that spoke to um, uh, since 2019 an 18% reduction in enrollment at Pima Community College. And one of your colleagues at the college said that, in his mind, PCC is competing with the labor market, where individuals are saying, high labor market, wages are higher, I'm going to go jump in there and maybe see less need for either a two- or four-degree program. Um, do you agree with that assessment? What would you chalk up that 18% uh, reduction to? I mean, I think there's a lot of moving parts when you think about enrollment, especially the declining enrollment in community colleges. This is happening nationwide, so this is not unique to Pima or to Maricopa Community Colleges. So let me just lay out some of those components that I think that are driving some of these realities. So folks probably are not aware that there are nearly one million unique credentials offered in the United States annually. The question is by how many providers. So if you take the colleges and universities across the country, the accredited ones, there are around four to 5,000 of us. There are over 55,000 providers of those nearly one million credentials. And when I say credentials, I'm talking anything from a degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, to an associate's degree, to certifications, to licensures. You get the idea, right? So there's a lot, this is a crowded space. And the college and universities are just a part of that larger space that's growing. So I think that's one facet of, of the competition. Now that uh, you know the country's been moving towards $15 an hour, and that's certainly going to happen here in this community, yes, now we are in competition with work. So folks are gravitating to the work side of the equation. But then there's the demographic reality. Uh, since the 70s, there's just been the steady decline of fertility rates. And I think this past year we reached that point where uh, death rates exceed birth rates. So those are you know realities we have to come to terms with. Also, 
Our country has not been as receptive to immigration. So all of a sudden, when you bring all that together, the math doesn't add up to opportunities for growing enrollment. So we need to think differently about how we approach things. A lot of competition out there, as I noted, and there's just not enough bodies. So how do we optimize what is there? I think there's opportunity, no doubt, but it's, it's approaching it from a different lens and from a more creative and innovative way of thinking. And I, I think, too, through our elementary and high school education, certainly locally, I, I don't think we're producing enough people who are ready for the workforce, ready for a two- or four-year degree. Are you seeing that as well? Does that contribute to this decline? Well, a- absolutely. So if you look at our county and the demographics of the, uh, the, the age group that typically are in the K-12 system, you're talking about overall from K-12, to 120,000 individuals. You isolate to the high school numbers, it's somewhere in the 45,000 number. If you look at how many kids are graduating high school, that number, and I'll just be uh, generous, is about 14,000 coming out of the high schools every year. Now let's overlay another statistic, and that is less than half of them are going to go to college. Arizona is one of the worst states for kids going on to college. So now you're talking only 7,000 are going to go to college. And remember all that competition I mentioned earlier? Well, that's what Pima's faced with. So let's just assume for easy math, Pima gets half of that 7,000. That's 3,500 kids we get coming out of the high school. That's nowhere near the number I need to power my institution's enrollment uh, to meet our you know, sustainable financial realities, right? So, so I think we have to come to terms with that reality on one end. Mm. And, then, and then the opportunity space is really in this. Uh, there are over 70,000 individuals in our community who do not have the high school equivalency. Mm. So that's wow. another target market that we have to figure out how we can reach out to those individuals. About 17,000 of that 70 are out-of-school youth. These are the kids who drop out, stop out. Mm. And then you've got this huge market of folks who are employed, um, and half of which, is like, I think the number is like 400,000 roughly, according to Brookings, half of them are in low-wage jobs. My goodness. So, so I, I, it seems to me the new reality you're operating in then is how does PCC become a lifelong learning institution that is really skilled at these micro pathways that can allow people the opportunity to learn while being employed. It's a whole new world, and I know you're there. Right. So yeah. th- that's what's exciting. So I don't see this as a negative. I see this as an opportunity to really rethink what we're doing right. and to become more relevant to the needs of the community. So we're going to be entering into a partnership with the city of Tucson and the Opportunity Center, mm. uh, that's the Bert Lopez uh, mm-hmm. investment in partnership right. with the Gospel that's Rescue right. Mission, and to do some innovative work to get the city of Tucson, uh, their talent needs met. Wow. And and we're doing work with Jim Click Automotive, with Caterpillar, with Raytheon. I can go on and on and on, right? So so, so you're cool. seeing. And then we're, we're ramping up our investments into dual enrollment. So remember I said there's only about 14,000 that graduate. Well, there's over 45,000 roughly who are in 9th through 12. Wow. Well, let's get them all their associate degrees while they're still in high school. Mm-hmm. Let's get them these industry-recognized certifications while they're in high school. So that's the stuff we're doing. That's why I say this is exciting, and but we have to think differently in order to do that. 
I want to end on that note, Chancellor Lambert. Uh, this has been great. We're going to do an hour next time. We've already been talking about it. Thanks for closing out your week with us and for giving us an update on the Center of Excellence, Centers of Excellence, and how you're navigating. We'll do this again soon. Have a great weekend, Thank sir. Thank you, Zach. Happy Friday. Absolutely. We'll be back, Tucson, part two of Tipping Point when we return. All right. Thank you, In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We started the show by talking with Chancellor Lee Lambert, the Chancellor of Pima Community College. Uh, I think a bright spot in the area of economic development and workforce training in this uh, community. And uh, some of what he said got me thinking about a few things, and I'll share those with you. Give us a call, 520-790-2040, to join the conversation this morning. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, and they're doing quite well, serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger. And mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15% discount, one five off your next order. Uh, I always like to use Friday to wrap up the week and talk about the things that we didn't quite get to cover or to fully cover uh, on the program. And that's what I want to do the rest of the way. Uh, But again, enjoyed that conversation with uh, Chancellor Lambert, and, and and I think there's some things that we um, have to be 
um, have to be rethinking. And there's a few things I just want to pull out of that conversation. Uh, if you joined in late or even if you heard the whole thing, some things that stood out to me. Um, talent drives uh, economic development. In other words, uh, companies, when they look at our region, have told us over and over and over again um, that, yes, they're looking for, you know, probably open space. They're looking for, uh, you know, comparatively uh, easier regulation, permitting process. How, to, how easy is it to get set up and get started? And that's just a reality that we live in a competitive world and the cities and communities that we're in competition with when companies are looking to grow or relocate means that we have to um, keep up with that. Um, tacos and trails are a huge piece of what brings people here, uh, but we have to remember that there are nuts and bolts of the decision-making process that, that also uh, matter. But of all of those things, we know that in this community and around the country that uh, talent drives all market decisions. I was hearing from a business leader the other day uh, about uh, when uh, Tesla was looking at our community uh, a few years ago. And Tesla was saying, look, we uh, can import engineers. You know, we, we can, you know, for, for some of that 120, 150, 170,000 dollar a year, I don't know, I'm just making up numbers, engineering talent, uh, if it's not here in Tucson, uh, we can import that in. And by the way, I think Tucson should be producing that talent, and in many ways is, but we got to figure out how to keep them here. Uh, but what Tesla said, and I think a lot of other companies say this as well, when you start to dig into how those conversations went, uh, was we're concerned about having the local technical talent um, that we need. And that is the talent that is uh, 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 being produced on the ground uh, for kind of some of these micro needs. And in that way, I think the work of Pima Community College is so important because they can work with the two simples, the caterpillars, the companies here, and say, what are those micro uh, technical skills that you need developed? We can f accelerate a program to train people in those skills and allow them to still be working with you and for you as we train them. I think that is absolutely critical. Uh, companies are making decisions based on uh, can we find the talent. So that was the first thing that really stood out to me that, that this region really has to work on. And it ties to the other thing that, that we touched on, that we are in the single digits to low teens in this community, uh, at least in one of our largest school districts, on proficiency um, in math and English. And by that, I mean there's a small percentage that are highly proficient in both. By the time they get to the 8th and 10th grades, uh, there is an overwhelming number of students in this community who are minimally proficient. I'm only talking about the, in the center there uh, who are proficient. Not highly, not minimally, but just getting by. Uh, that number, that proficiency number, is in the single digits low teens, according to the state of Arizona, in this community. Certainly impacted by COVID, uh, but they were low before. Uh, and so I think it's interesting that by the time individuals are getting into, co into community colleges and four-year universities, uh, there, this is no revelation. There is remedial work um, that, needs, that needs to happen. So we're looking at a reality where uh, there are 
uh, less people graduating going on to degree programs. There are fewer people than ever who are leaving high school with proficiency um, in math and English in this community. Um, and uh, by the time they, they get there, uh, Pima Community College is saying, look, um, you know, the Department of Labor is saying that we need, you know, probably uh, our, our, our jobs by early 2030, 50% of those will require a bachelor's degree. What I think is cool is PCC is saying, well, uh, our degrees proxies for skills. And they used to be, but is that, uh, does that make sense anymore? And I think to a large degree, I, I, uh, I can see Chancellor Lambert's point when he says, look, let's dig deeper than that. What are the uh, micro and two-year credit degrees opportunities that community colleges can offer these micro pathways to skill in very specific areas our workforce here locally. So when I say Pima Community College is a bright spot in economic development and workforce training, I'm not just fluffing up a guest who's in studio with me. Uh, if companies are looking at local technical talent to make a decision about whether they come here overall, um, and our workforce uh, is not being trained in the way that it needs to. Uh, it may not be applicable to four-year degrees. Um, Pima Community College's micro pathways work is really vital and really important. And, and and as I was sitting with Chancellor Lambert, I was getting deja vu of conversations with Dr. Crow from ASU. Uh, and both gentlemen use the word new a lot. <laughs> we need to find new ways in a new world to get people trained up for the needs of the workforce. So I think this is this is critical work. Uh, it's really important. And uh, this community, the foundations of this community for the economy and the workforce of the future are weak and flimsy. Uh, and that's just by the data, friends. That's not a, a pot shot. That's not points to be scored. Uh, my concern is that uh, as we look at so many of the nonprofits that are developing, as we're looking at the needs of the private sector and the economy, um, we have a massive nonprofit community and we have uh, all of these needs that are coming together uh, because our foundations are weak. Our foundations are weak. Our upward mobility is not where it needs to be. Our educational attainment is not where it needs to be. Our poverty rate is not where it needs to be. Uh, and I think my struggle as I've sat in this seat for four to five years is saying, look, let's celebrate some of the innovation happening. But the innovation has to happen because the foundation is weak. So when are we going to start looking at the foundation and having focused conversations on how to pull ourselves out of the mess that has been 20 to 30 years under development? We are not where we need to be, and it should be of concern to everybody listening. So there is my foot in the pothole, foot on the moon uh, recap of my conversation with Chancellor Lambert. I think Pima Community College um, is a vital institution in this community, and I'm really happy that uh, Chancellor Lambert is sticking around. Chancellor Lambert said something. We're going to go to break on this because I want to spend a little bit of a longer segment together. If you have a community college of this quality, and a research four-year university of the U of A's quality in a community, you are in a community that is generously resourced and prepped to do great things. And I completely agree with that. I want to do a recap of my show yesterday based on some listener feedback uh, on the space city of the Southwest. I got some interesting questions uh, on that that I want to speak to on our way back from our final break of the hour. Uh, I had a listener say, well, what about these other things? 
that we're good at. I want to address that. And then we had a listener say, well, what do you mean by what this community can do well with regard to space and aerospace? I have the answer to that as well uh, on the other side of the break. This is our hour where we finish the week talking about the people, ideas, and issues that we couldn't quite get to or didn't get to enough. And it's an open phone line, 520-790-2040. We'll get to your phone calls on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Trusted local news and talk all day, every day. 1030 The Voice. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Friday Roundtable, coming up at noon on 1030, Tucson's voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're 
back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to the final drive time segment of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here live out of the Common Workspace studios. We started the day with a conversation with Chancellor Lee Lambert, the Chancellor of Pima Community College. I gave you my debrief. Uh, and now I want to go to the mailbag and to the phone lines. I want to recap a couple of listener questions and comments that came in. Uh, as and after I did uh, much of the hour yesterday on why I think Tucson's Pittsburgh moment, the renaissance uh, of our economy, the big idea that could get us on a really exciting track for the next 50 plus years, I think is space, space exploration, discovery, aerospace and defense. And I got some interesting questions on that that I want to answer. But let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Matt, I believe we still have Charles on the line. Charles, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding your live on the air. My pleasure, Zach. You know, that was an excellent interview with Lee Lambert. You really connect well with people like him, who, who people who are, are visionists. You you connect really well with that. I wonder, though, if in that vision you don't maybe overlook or you look too much to collaborative solutions as opposed to individually individualistic ones or distributed solutions as opposed to collective, i.e. the Khan Academy. If there is a deficiency in math and reading skills as opposed to trying to drag the entire body of the of the public and, and, and education system into compliance with, with better standards, why not focus on individual excellence? Why not promote the idea that people uh, raise themselves through study, independent study programs and not even, I mean, be concerned about the whole system, but don't make the solution dependent on the, on the whole system? Yeah, Charles, no, I think, uh, thank you for, uh, I thank you for the call. And uh, as someone who in my education was, uh, I, I was both home educated and public school um, educated in both high school and, and then in one of our state universities here, I see, I see the value of both. Um, and, you know, things like the Khan Academy were critical to my development. And I'm this weird guy that actually thinks, and I know this is going to tick people off on both sides, I think our neighborhood school system and our school choice models uh, uh, on an equal playing field can actually coexist. Uh, I believe in the uh, uh, opportunities that can be had by parents and families getting the chance to choose a school um, of that they think is of high quality, you know, and my family and I had the opportunity to make a school choice. Uh, we went with a neighborhood school that we thought was going to be just better for our family, but we had that choice, and I think choice uh, is important. But I think the reality as well is that we still have these uh, institutions that that are still uh, uh, educating and ultimately graduating a large percentage of our of our young people that have to keep up and there's always going to be those institutions and, and then I think Pima Community College you know is figuring out what are those um, uh, what are those and in kind of a way Charles I think those Khan Academy type models where an individual who is working in you know too simple or caterpillar or wants to who needs a certain very specific skill they can go individualized get that skill in a micro program that's six to eight months rather than a two or four year um, two or four year degree. So I think what I like about what PCC is doing is that they are providing some of those individualized 
individual-focused opportunities. Um, but I just can't get away from the fact that there's still, um, you know, what was it, 120,000 students that are in large part in our institutions now that are absolutely failing them, and we have to talk about that. So, um, Charles, I always appreciate the call, and, and I hope that answered some of the question. I'm not quite sure if I did, <laughs> but message me offline if I if if I didn't. Um, and yeah, I enjoy those conversations with Dr. Crow and, and Lee Lambert and kind of stepping back from some of the day-to-day and thinking about broadly um, where are we going. I wanted to go to the, to the mailbag because I had a couple of listener comments to my Space City of the Southwest show yesterday that may, on one hand made me think uh, that I, I wanted to get more details on some of the things that I was sharing as well. And I really appreciate our listeners for um, often giving me homework that helps me to be a better host, if I can say that. Uh, one of our listeners um, commented and said, when you talk about Tucson and the region being the space city, the space community of the Southwest, what does that even look like? What does that mean? And uh, another listener messaged me yesterday a study that our community did in 2018. It was uh, put together by Deloitte. And it was uh, sponsored and supported by a number of, of organizations in the community that was designed to answer that listener's question. Uh, obviously, not yesterday, but four years ago, many people were saying, you know, what does it mean for Tucson to be good at space? And uh, Deloitte, in all their brilliance, uh, took a deep dive in our community and said there's four areas. We should focus on four areas to create a more robust and expanded space-focused ecosystem in Southern Arizona. Not my words. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> it's, the, it's that pretty consultant language. It's, uh, uh, I love it. Uh, here's the four areas. Area one, space situational awareness, which is um, um, words that just mean uh, uh, how do you know what's banging into each other in space? which the University of Arizona is really good at, right? We knew when Chinese space junk was going to hit the moon. We watched as uh, space particles hit each other, forming potentially a new planet a couple weeks ago. Uh, Again, these are things that we don't have to recreate. These are just things that we have to accelerate. So that's number one, they said. Number two, launch services and manufacturing. And to me, that means launching stratospheric balloons, as Worldview has been doing, to space tourism. I would put that all in that bucket. Area three, is metals, mining, minerals, and uh, resources. And there is some really fascinating technology that is being uh, brainstormed and dreamed up as we speak um, by the equivalent of, uh, of basically DARPA, uh, the space version of that, where we're thinking about, hey, what does it look like to mine materials off of uh, the moon and planets? And as we get up there, what does that look like? And so that's a that's a piece of this. And the number four is enabling and supporting technologies, which I don't really know what that means. But uh, for those four areas, if we can focus on those four areas, supporting technologies and research and innovation out of those things, uh, so much of which we are already doing, but pulling it together, uh, then I think that's a great start to making Tucson the space city of the Southwest. So I want to thank the listener for asking the question. I want to thank the other listener for saying, hey, in 2018, we kind of answered some of these questions. Uh, that was helpful for me to get right here. And I just want to say um, that, that this community, and I say this out of love and encouragement, this community is good at developing plans and strategies. But the work underneath, 
um, often doesn't get done. And I'm not quite sure in four years, COVID aside, um, if we've done enough work on this study that we commissioned in the region uh, to take advantage of those four areas. And, and certainly my passion now is how do I get to be part of that voice of saying, hey, let's do something with that. Uh, this is, I think, the industry that could push Tucson forward the fastest. And that leads me to the other listener question, which was, and I get this a lot, um, hey, why did you talk about space and not this, right? And I mean, this could be, and often is, I get this, green technologies, agriculture, uh, mining, uh, the film industry. And the comment I got yesterday was with regard to the film industry, and it was a really great, uh, it was a really great kind of mailbag uh, message um, of, you know, uh, Tucson has excelled, in, at least in the past, in the film industry. And, and let, me, let me say this to clarify, um, to say that we need to double down on being the space city of the Southwest doesn't mean that we pushed to the side other things. Um, th- there are many things that this community is really, really good at. What I'm saying is I think we need to pick something. And I think space exploration, aerospace, and defense is that thing that I think we need to brand around, tie in together, focus on those four areas, bring in venture capital, connect the private, public, and educational sector. Uh, We need to do with this what Pittsburgh did to become Roboburg uh, over a couple of decades. They really focused on this industry. Um, because I think that when we get momentum around the thing that I think we have the best chance at, that brings more attention, more talent, more dollars, uh, more grease to the gears, if you will, around these other things that we are good at. But this community has to get focused. We've been shotgunning this thing uh, uh, for way too long. We've been spraying and praying for way too long. Uh, I don't even know if we know who we are. Right, the state. I say this almost ad nauseum. The state legislature and the board of regents has said you're good at mining, you're good at aerospace and space exploration, you're good at health uh, sciences and biosciences. But I, if you lined up ten Tucsonans, how many of those, uh, because of the community brand, the community effort, community success, will be able to say those or that is Tucson's thing? So I think we have to pick something. I think we have to lean in on something together and pull on the rope in the same direction to get some momentum, to get the eyeballs and investment and venture capital in that this community needs. And once once those eyeballs are happening, then all the other wheels get greased. So it's not about saying one thing is better or more important. It's saying where is there enough small momentum and seeds in the ground to start to get things going. And just my opinion um, that space is that thing. Because it's the thing that is on the horizon over the next five or ten years, like robotics was back in the 70s. It seems crazy and sci-fi until it's real life. Uh, And space exploration and discovery, I think, is that thing that Tucson is so primed to excel at and be successful at. We just need to, I think, have the right leadership and the right momentum to really accelerate it forward. So. That's how I'll close this Friday edition uh, where our intent is to wrap up the week like we just did. Um, Always have fun with you guys, and thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for messaging in. Uh, It means a lot, and it it helps to really keep creating uh, what we do Monday to Friday, 9 to 10 here on the show. Hugh Hewitt's up next, Bill Buckmaster at 10. When we come back on Monday, Lorraine Rivera is the Southern Arizona Director for Governor Doug Ducey. She'll be on the show 
to tell us what the governor's priorities are in the last few months of his two-term administration here in Arizona. That and more when we return. Tucson, stay safe out there. Enjoy the beautiful spring weather. weather. We'll be back Monday, and we'll see you then. 9 a.m., Tipping Point returns. Thanks, Tucson. Thank you.